You're listening to the Good Dirt Podcast, where we dig into the nitty gritty of sustainable living through food, clothing, and lifestyle. The Good Dirt is brought to you by Lady Farmer, a sustainable apparel and lifestyle company founded in 2016 by mother-daughter duo Mary and Emma Kingsley. I'm Emma, and I'm here with my mom, Mary. Hey! So we wanted our very first episode to be a place where everyone could come to get an idea of who we are and what we do, and hopefully some insight into why and how as well. So to start things off, we're going to talk a little bit about kind of how we started our story and um, explain what is a lady farmer and what does it have to do with good dirt, and uh, then we're going to answer some questions from you guys. Uh, So to start about what a lady farmer is, um, we want to just clarify that doesn't mean you have to be a woman in the business of farming um, to be what we call a lady farmer, capital L, capital F. Yeah, we, we think being a lady farmer is something that comes from a place in your heart. It's, it's more of a longing for something that's more grounded and connected to who we really are than what our modern way of life demands of us. Emma and I came up with this name for our brand after we were talking about a project we were excited about working on together. Um, We were both concerned with the issues of the fashion industry, and neither of us could find clothes that we felt good about buying. (laughs) So I guess that's when we both sort of thought, hey, what if we designed a line of clothing that we felt good about buying and fit this kind of back-to-earth lifestyle? Um, not once thinking about the fact that neither of us knew anything about how to do any of that. (laughs) We just, we knew that we had this, this kind of yearning for the farm and that other people had a similar yearning to get back to nature. And we thought there's, there's kind of something here, the parallel with the food and the clothes. So, but yeah, we had no idea what we were doing. Yeah, like the minor details of uh, how to design clothes, how to start a small business. Um, yeah, uh, it's probably a good thing looking back, though. Yeah, I don't think if we had known um, everything, <laughs> I think that's like most things, uh, probably wouldn't have done it. Probably wouldn't be sitting here right now. Yeah, so anyways, our inspiration that keeps us going obviously at the time was women farmers. Uh, There had been, and there still is, a surge in the number of female farmers in in the industry. And, you know, the idea of a powerful woman working the land, providing for her community, and giving back to the earth, that that whole thing was just really exciting to us, and, and we wanted to share about it. We also happen to be based in a really unique rural community just outside of the nation's capital um, called the Montgomery County Agricultural Reserve. And um, our home is only about 24 miles west of the White House. And this is where some of our closest friends and colleagues actually are lady farmers. They really were and are still our inspiration. So yeah, maybe before we get too far into that, you want to talk about how we ended up here? Yeah, okay. It's a fun story. It was a huge lifestyle shift when we moved from Washington, D.C., where we had been since 2007, to this little farm in 2012. 
Yeah, so I think it's important to point out that we didn't always live on a farm. We didn't even always live in the city. Um, I grew up at the end of a cul-de-sac in the suburbs of Atlanta. I spent a lot of time in the car, you know, going back and forth from ballet class. Um, I ate a fair amount of Taco Bell, to be quite honest. Uh, yeah, don't remind me. Yeah, so all that to say, I didn't grow up on a farm. Um, and yeah. And all of that is also to say that as a family, we've sort of experienced a range of living situations, um, small town, suburb, city, country, which we think gives us some perspective when it comes to sustainable living. Um, when we started Lady Farmer, it was really as a passion project through which we wanted to be sharing everything we were learning from living out on the farm. But not everyone lives on a farm, obviously, and things we'd learned from raising a family through the 90s and the early 2000s, um, which was a time when our consumer economy was really rapidly changing. So so these things apply wherever you live. Yeah, and just to kind of bring it back, it's, that's why we decided to make this podcast and why we're here, why we continue to persist with Lady Farmer and our little brand. It's just because we're so passionate about sharing all of this information and telling our own story in hopes that it might reach someone who needs to hear it or doesn't know anything about good dirt because, you know, everyone needs to hear about good dirt. Um, That's just something that no one's really talking about enough. So you you should explain what you mean by good dirt. Yeah, okay, so... um, Obviously, an underlying theme of Lady Farmer is agriculture. We we often talk about the overlap between food and clothing and like how our mission is based on the idea that clothing is an agricultural product, just like, like your food. So, you know, if you care about where your food comes from and the chemicals used to grow it, it's kind of a similar thing with your clothes. Um, and clothes even go through a much more complicated process from seed to sown. So there's that many more factors to kind of take into account. Um, But anyways, all that being said, the roots of all of these things are in the soil, literally. Um, And everything kind of starts in the soil. Yeah, and and we hear so much about gut health these days, about restoring the good bacteria in our bodies. And it's the same with the soil. Human health and soil health are so interdependent and interconnected. And this is where we really start to like nerd out and get really excited. And we love having conversations about soil and interconnectedness. It really just keeps us going. Um, You know, I guess our kind of thesis is that it really all does come back to the soil. And in order to get there, to get to that place of understanding, we really have to slow way down in the way that we consume our food, of course, clothing, information, products, advertising, entertainment, and we just have to slow all that down and and get in touch with the very building blocks of who we are as humans, uh, particularly, you know, in, in our communities and how we relate to each other and the earth. So, um, If you can't tell so far, we have the bug, so to speak, and we are on a mission. We want to tell everyone we can all about the good dirt. 
we want to provide spaces on the internet and in real life for uh, conversations, hopeful conversations, helpful alternatives, and places where we can discuss the hard questions. Oh, yeah. Okay, so speaking of hard questions, we should probably move on to our questions. Good segue. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so we hopefully we've we've given a bit of insight into our backstory um but we did want to answer some questions from the audience so we put out a little call out on instagram and and people responded with great great questions that we wouldn't have even thought of so we're just going to dig right in yeah okay uh you want me to go first want me to ask and you answer yeah and then you answer and then we'll switch okay great emma What's it like working with your mom? Oh, gosh. Okay. Um, so this is awkward. Just kidding. <laughs> um, no, we get this question a lot. And it's either like someone's like, hey, what's it like working with your mom? Or it's like, not even a question. It's just like, I can't believe you work with your mom. I could never do that. Um, and so it's either one of those. And honestly, of course, you know, we have a good relationship. We have to, we are, we are friends. Um, but it's definitely not easy. It, it's really hard, actually. It's very challenging. Um, and I think the key is to kind of making it work is that we are super open and communicative with each other. And um, we've gotten much better at boundaries over the years. So at the beginning of Lady Farmer, when we first started, I was actually living at the farm at home with my parents, which was great. And that, that worked really well for a while. But, you know, when we started to have enough work to kind of consume every minute of every day, it just got to be too much because we would bring that stuff into, obviously, our home and our mother-daughter relationship. So I remember we... We even put up like office hours, <laughs> like at home. You know, we couldn't talk about Lady Farmer before 9 a.m. and or after 5 p.m. And we, for the most part, we still kind of stick to that. Um, for instance, we can only text each other through our project management app um, about work stuff. And then if we want to like text each other about life stuff, we can use regular iMessage. So little things like that have really helped. But um, I will say, you know, it's not super easy, but what is? that is really good and challenging and, and, and fulfilling, you know? So it's, it's a ride. I'm so glad to be doing it. Um, I, I would say like it's brought us closer and I guess probably it undoubtedly has, but I think really it's just made us both like better communicators and better problem solvers. Wow. Sorry. That was long. <laughs> um, what about you, mom? What's it like working with your daughter? Well, yeah, as you mentioned about the boundaries, I think that's been the the biggest challenge for me because, um, like, there's really th three relationships here. That there's my daughter, there's a business partner, and then, at, at least in the beginning, there was, like, a housemate. <laughs> so, um, in the beginning, we were just sort of flailing around with it, and, and she's right. All these things got sort of blurred together and... Um, you know, like first thing she comes for coffee in the morning and I'm like blasting her with questions about what's going to happen today. And obviously that was not sustainable. Speaking of sustainability. So it's great. I mean, like as a person, like a, a 
an adult that's, you know, I've been in a marriage for almost four, you know, going on 40 years now. And still, they're still learning. They're still learning about boundaries. They're still learning about sharing spaces with people. And then in the business part of it, which, which, which was totally new, like starting a small business with somebody, much less my daughter. So that's all to say, um, it's been challenging. Uh, we've learned things. We've had to um, create rules around it. But overall, it's been really exciting and fun. And I, I feel like I've really come a long way in my um, just really growing as a person through this. So it's it's really been great. And as Emma's a great business partner. She really knows how to get things done. And she's also a wonderful daughter, but I've known that for 29 years now mom <laughs> I just told your age <laughs> um and also to kind of just to clarify um so I did used to live at the farm and then now I live in Washington DC in the city so I'm kind of that like city part of lady farmer and um yeah just to kind of clarify yeah again that 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 gives us a perspective on on how to deal with these things in different living settings living yeah. situations um okay so I'm going to do the next question yeah. Okay. What sustainability topics do you individually feel most passion for? Well, so it, it's hard to say, like, which one I feel the most passion for. There's so many. I um, feel very passionate about um, real food, eating local, real clothes, natural fibers, um about knowing where our our things come from and trying to avoid using plastic whenever possible. Mm, that's a good one. And um, this is a process. These things don't happen overnight. Um, I find that the more I live into these ideas and goals, the more grounded and purposeful I feel. It, it's really good. It's a good life practice to work towards these things. And it inspires me to do more and teach more. And just to keep refining my life in all of these ways. So would you say the sustainability topic is like daily life and like daily product use? Like Yes. Okay. I, I okay. would say that. That's that's been the big the big um, slow shifting yeah. for for me and in our house and our family. Yes. And I think when you put it like that, it kinda makes me think that's that's like what Lady Farmer is. <laughs> which is yeah. cool. well yeah. So yeah, we're yeah. So what about you? What about your passion for sustainability topic? So I I think I'm re I can get really, you know, it's easy to get upset and fired up about a lot of things. But for me, it's the clothing probably. Um, there's just such a stark difference between a garment that has been sewn with care you know whether hand sewn or machine sewn but just you know with a person that was treated well or happy um kind of like the way when you when you eat a home-cooked meal you know it's so different from eating fast food it's so similar to that you can taste the the care um you can feel the care on your body so I would say really sustainable fashion is something that I'm super passionate about as well as Oh my gosh, regenerative agriculture and holistic livestock management. <laughs> um, I think that, you know, conventional industrial meat is so horrible. And I think the natural reaction is to go 
no meat, all meat is bad, but there's really a middle ground where there's really good meat. And it's the way that we raise that meat is really good for the soil. So I just think it's so important to look at all sides of everything. So I would say sustainable fashion and regenerative agriculture are my big ones. Okay, here's another one. How and why did you start Lady Farmer? And when did you start doing it full time? Um, so what's funny about this question is I don't do it full time. Well, I guess I do it more than full time, but I have to maintain some side jobs here and there. Um, I, I definitely have a tendency to add on too many side jobs <laughs> and then I don't have any time. So I really have to check in and, you know, take my own medicine of slowing down, um, and doing what's manageable. But yeah, Lady Farmer is definitely more than full time just because, you know, we both are so passionate about it and there's so many different projects, but I do have to look outside for income because we're, we're just, you know, it's, we're only in our third year of business and it takes a while for, for some things to get going. So as far as how and why did we start it? How did we start it? I don't know. <laughs> I think it I think it took being in a place um I didn't have a job lined up, so I was maybe a little bit bored and just really excited about this. You know, if I get excited about something, I'm going to put 300% of everything that I have into it and we just sort of hit the ground running and didn't really look back. So, yeah. What about you? Well, to answer the question, how, how did we start Lady Farmers? We were both really concerned about the problems in the fashion industry, and um, you know, like we said earlier, we just we just said, "Hey, let's let's do this." And the next thing I knew, um, we we were going. It just sort of took off. So when did I start doing it full time? Well, I feel like Lady Farmer is is the way I live. So I sort of feel like I, I am the business and the business is me or whatever. Um, not better for worse. (laughs) Yeah. Not that I'm working around the clock, but I'm, I'm being me around the clock. And the, the wonderful, exciting thing about this to me is I get it, a a channel or a, a outlet outlet for things I love to do and talk about and research and learn and, it's just really, really fun to have um, to have a way to express all of this and to pull it together and disseminate the information. Um, I I have had to learn some things like you know the digital part of it, the communicating remotely with people um, that are helping us, and, and doing business sort of like um, from. A variety of locations <laughs> and meeting the demands of social media and and the website and all this yeah um, that's taken up a good bit of time <laughs> yeah. so it's for me personally lady farmer and my life and myself are all sort of glommed together um, so yeah I'm, I'm me 24 7 and I do stuff I need to do to keep it going. (laughs) I think that was a really good segue into the next question, which is about hurdles and challenges. So what have been some of the biggest hurdles along the way, Mom? Speaking of 
<laughs> social media and working remotely. I well, can think of a big one. <laughs> yeah. Well, um, I would say just about everything we've taken on, because as we said earlier, no matter that we didn't know anything about clothing design or starting a small business, we, you know, we just, oh, let's do that. Yeah. And we've learned a lot of things from scratch. And on top of that, um, concerning the, the digital marketing, the social media, the website, all of that, we are we have been very challenged out here by the fact that our internet at the farm is very poor. We're just outside the like perimeter or whatever, the bounds of getting high speed internet. Yes, we have some neighbors that have it, but we're just like a you know, a half mile away from where we need to be to, to get really good service. And it is a struggle, let me tell you. Um, and it is like irony of all ironies it because is. normally, you know, if we didn't have to run the business, it would be such a blessing almost. Yeah, <laughs> like, oh, we don't have internet. I can't I can't be hanging out all yeah. day, you know. Um, but sometimes it's really frustrating. And gosh, talk about slow living and slowing down. Man, yeah, Um yeah, slow connections. Slow connections. It's it's a big lesson. Um, this podcast in particular, yeah. it's been it's been a t- real challenge to get it off the ground without reliable internet. Because <laughs> all of our interviews that have been remote, you know, we have to have a really good internet connection to have them. So, yeah, that I think the internet is definitely a big one, and the, the learning curve of all sorts of things like um, you know the you know, clothing production. <laughs> yeah, that was a big one. <laughs> the Kickstarter. Um, oh, the retreat. Wow. Yeah, learning how to put on a big event. And then uh, we've written a book that's about to be launched. And that whole thing, getting that published. And and now this podcast. So we've had all of these things that we've just had to... Yeah, it's like we pretty much didn't know how to do anything <laughs> that we've done. Yeah. Before we started. What is that about us? Like, I don't know. Well, that doesn't matter. So anyway, what do you have to say about obstacles? Maybe you have something more to add Challenges. Yeah. um, In the beginning. Oh, I know what I was going to say. In the beginning, we talked about this. We thought, we're going to design clothes for our lady farmer friends. And they're going to be clothes that they can work, work outside in and feel cute in and go to town in. And what we kind of realized was that farmers, like farmer farmers, oh yeah, don't <laughs> aren't gonna spend two hundred dollars on a tunic um, because they're work. You know, it's just like there was a disconnect there, um, and we kind of we were a little bit like, what's the word? Um, not innocent. Naive. Naive. Yes, we were a little bit naive about that. And for a, for a minute, it was like, well, are we trying to be Carhartt? Like, but just for women? Because actually at this point, you know, Carhartt now has like women overalls. But at that point, only like, you know, four years ago, they only had like the male cut. So like Carhartt overalls were like kind of uncomfortable for women um, just because they didn't get any bigger in the hips. And this is like a thing, like workwear for women um, since then has started to pick up a little bit but at the time it was like are we doing workwear are we doing tunics with pockets like who is this for and so I think that was like the probably the biggest challenge was like who's this for what are we doing this for 
so that's kind of why we really had to think about our mission and our inspiration being, yeah, we're inspired by lady farmers, but we aren't we aren't making that workwear partially because that workwear workwear is already being made. And the other part of it is because I think our mission is more to educate. We've kind of learned this along the way and farmers are like already educated, <laughs> so they don't need us, you know, to tell them about soil and tell them about, you know, healthy farming, or at least the ones that we, that we know. Um, so yeah, kind of, I would say like shifting our, our focus almost and like on our product and what that is and like who's interested and why. And, you know, we know we're onto something, but it's like really figuring out what that is and why. And that's, that's a huge, that's like a business question, I guess that, um, that we, it really took us a while to like really get there. Um, that was probably the biggest one I would say, like figuring out who we are. (laughs) Yeah. And and what you said about, um, about educating, I think one of the big pieces that we're, we're starting to address is people need to learn a lot about the way things work and where they come from to understand that true sustainability just costs more and, that's a real challenge when you're trying to run a business about sustainability. So as Emma said, we sort of moved into this mode of education. This is what this really looks like. This is why your $25 pair of jeans do not cost $25 to most, most of the people that had something to do with it. Um, you're paying $25 for the jeans because the system is broken not because they're a good deal. So, and this is really, really interesting stuff. And um, I find it really fascinating to, to go down those rabbit holes and uncover all this stuff for people. So it's a lot. It's really a lot. As anyone who is already, you know, a part of our Lady Farmer community in our audience, I think you know that we do a lot and we put out a lot of content. We have this big retreat every year we're doing this podcast right now um it's just a lot we're so excited about so many things and we have a lot of energy um but we also have like limited bandwidth (laughs) um and as I said you know I have other jobs I have side jobs I do um and other passions even so I think the biggest challenge I keep saying the biggest challenge, but a really big one also. Another big one. Another big one was kind of coming to this realization that we were burning out or, you know, there are times when we start to burn out. Um, and last year at some point we were like, okay, we really need help. Um, and it's so easy to put that off because, you know, it's hard. As, a, as I said, we, it's just not quite sustainable yet as a business you know, full transparency. And so we're really kind of digging at the, at everything we have and we need help. And that was a hard thing to come to. But when we did and we, we put out a call and we got the right help that we needed, um, we're able to offload just some of the crazy, I mean, from graphics to analytics to getting the emails out, like all of these things just take so much. And now we have help. We have a, we have a small amount of help. We're a small team now. <laughs> but most people actually, you know, before we, we hired our, we have two people that help us. Um, but before that, people were shocked when it was just you and me. 
Yes, and now looking back on it, I I can't believe that we were all the things we were trying to do just just you and me. Yeah, um, it's we, crazy. We had interns to the yeah. summer and the summer before, and both of them like one of the first things they said they were like, "Wait a minute!" Like, <laughs> like when they came over, like, "Where's everyone?" What? It's just, yeah, where's where's you guys? <laughs> um, yeah, and we're like, us. yeah, what? <laughs> Yeah, and I just say that all because I know that like it looks it looks so easy. I know because I look at other brands and other companies and I'm like, wow, must be nice. <laughs> but I'm sure people, you know, that that like our Instagram page do that too. Um, but all that to say, of course, it's not all just like sunlit sunflowers and, <laughs> and coffee in the morning. Yeah, no, it's like everything else. We we want to reach a balance, and we want to help you reach a balance. And uh, we don't want you to look at us and say, "Oh, they have such an uh, an easy, beautiful, slow living life." And no, it's just like everybody else. Yeah, um, <laughs> we actually have to hold ourselves accountable. Yeah, right. <laughs> Probably, you know, one of the really great things about this business, I have to remind myself every day that I'm I'm telling people such and such and. It is. Yeah, I need to, like, you know, do it. I'm the ultimate oh. needs the living. And I don't know. That's why it's been so transformative in, in my own life. It's really it's really awesome. Yeah. I like what you said a while ago about um, take some of your own medicine. I thought that was yeah. a good phrase. So we have, you know, I have to take my own medicine all the time. Like, things I want to dose out, I got to take it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, so moving on to, wait, did I ask that last question or did you ask that last question? Well, we both kind of okay. did it, so, but. Um, <laughs> Here, I'll ask you since you live on the farm more full Yes, time. okay. Mom, people want to know all about the animals that live on the farm and what do you do here? Oh, I love this question. Um, yeah, we have, our farm is small. It's just seven acres. And we don't like grow crops to sell or anything. We don't do that. But we do, um, it's like a little homestead. Um, we have chickens and we get um, our own eggs in the warm months. Um, and when our, we, we only have like, you know, five hens now. So in the colder months when they stop laying, we don't use a light or anything. We can get, there's plenty of eggs around here from the other farmers. So we always have farm fresh eggs. We have five sheep. Um, they're delightful. Um, they, we do shear them twice a year for wool. And we have sold some of their wool before. Um, I would like to ratchet that operation up a little bit. We also have four ponies, four Shetland ponies. And they are retired therapy ponies, and uh, they needed a home a few years back, and so we brought them out here. And they're really sweet, and um, they're wonderful. They're mainly pets, but they do contribute a lot of fertilizer to the um, property. And um, I have a big garden. Um, I grow lots of herbs and flowers and food and in some years, I've grown more food than other years. This past year, we belonged to a CSA. Oh, I have bees. We have bees, which is awesome. And we are not beekeepers. We do share the um, – we have someone in the neighborhood who does beekeeping and has a honey business. And so um, we kind of like – what is it? Like lease or whatever. You know, he can come do the beehives on our on your land, and then we get like a small share of the honey. 
Yeah, that's how it works. Although I'd love to get into beekeeping. Um, I also, for a minute, really was like really into doing meat rabbits. <laughs> um, I, I just think that that's so interesting. I have all the books. Um, but then I kind of, I'm not living here anymore. So, and I don't think my parents like want another chore to be on top of. But when I do have my own land again, that's definitely something that I'm interested in. Trying to get a food forest going where that, that's mostly perennials and food producing plants. It's a big experiment. It's a big playground. Um, I grow a lot of flowers and pollinator plants for the bees. And um, not just our bees, but the whole bees in the, the area. And yeah, so I love, love, love my garden. And we have two dogs and a cat. So it's just right. We, we feel like we're you know, we're right there at a a sustainable place in terms of chores and all of that. Um, But we do have plans and dreams for things we'd like to move into as my husband gets closer to retirement. Anyway. Speaking of, that's a great segue, Mom. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I'm just going to ask you this one again because you already started to talk about it. What are you most excited about in the future of Lady Farmer? Like, what does the ideal Lady Farmer in the future look like? Oh, wow. Okay. Well, one thing um, is that I would love to see us being involved with local fiber production. That's very exciting to me. Um, Hemp or flax or something that can actually become textiles and become clothes. That is a dream. Even wool and alpaca. There's a lot more like sheep and stuff in this area, um, but we need to kind of close that gap between producer, consumer, processing, all that. Right. And we've recently formed uh, our Chesapeake Fiber Shed, which is an affiliate of Fiber Shed, the nonprofit that's based in Northern California. You'll hear more about that yes. in episode one. More <laughs> about um, that soon. <laughs> so yeah. So we'll be talking about our Chesapeake Fiber Shed more to come. So uh, yes, uh, would love Lady Farmer to see Lady Farmer uh, more into um, textile production. Yeah. What about you, Emma? This is kind of weird and maybe opposite of what you might be thinking, but I see like a bright, sunny, bustling office. <laughs> um, it's not like an office office, like a corporate office, but it's a big a sunny loft. room. Yeah. <laughs> Something, you know, big, yeah, sliding barn doors. Um, <laughs> I just see a lot of women together working really creatively, writing, um, producing really awesome con- I'm, I'm just that's kind of like more my speed um I love writing I love the video production I love styling and photography and I just think that this platform and the the possibility here for education and real real community is just so big and I really want to live into that um so I see Lady Farmer yeah in a big sunny bustling office with lots of people producing amazing content for her and she's not maybe at this farm it's, this has been really cool because it's a super authentic kind of window into our life and really your life um as the lady farmer but i think that lady farmer needs its own little space its own homestead It'd be so cool if there were like retreats there like on site um you know teaching garden teaching farm yeah, that's what it looks like for me. <laughs> that speaks a lot to our discussions about spaces. And we yeah. also have an episode on spaces coming up. Yeah. So, um, yeah, all these things um, are, are part of it, part of the discussion, part of the vision, 
part of the dreaming. I also think that uh, Lady Farmer would make a really great TV show. So yeah. if anyone's out there and just needs a, an idea for a really good TV show, <laughs> hit me up. Thegooddirtpodcast at gmail.com. Just kidding. Okay. <laughs> um, this kind of leads into the next question. Do you want to ask it, Mom? Where do you want to be in five to ten years? So I'm guessing that this is more personal because we just kind of chatted about the Lady Farmer. Yeah. Um so, five to ten years, I, again, kind of like the last question I answered, um, I do love the farm, and, and I love being on a farm, and I know he just said I do want to have meat rabbits, <laughs> but I also really, like, in my soul, I am more of a city person. I I do just really thrive off of that energy and the buzz. I mean, that's, you know, I'm, maybe it's a life phase kind of thing. Maybe I will long for the land when I get older, too. Um, but I think in five to ten years, I'll still be in my Lake City buzz, um, which I do live there currently. I live in a really small um, sort of condo apartment, and we have no outdoor space. So I think I would like in five or ten years to have more of a, at least, you know, a little patio or somewhere to go be outside. I love being outside at twilight. I love that sunset, and it makes me really sad when um, I have to go inside. And I want to be working on a big bustling beautiful smart lady farmer team and have just like all of the support and all of the beautiful people helping us get the message out about the good dirt what about you mom that sounds awesome what you said so anyway (laughs) in my personal life um i would like to have a well-established food forest right outside my back door that means mostly like perennial food producing plants as i said a little bit ago and I would, I would like to establish an area set aside as a natural meadow where you can have all the, the native grasses and the bugs and the birds and the bees and all those things can come and be sustained and nourished. I just love that vision. And I'd love to have all the renovations on the farm property completed, as you can imagine, um, in a farmhouse that was built in 1820, how much there is to do. And we're slowly working on things. Um, and I would love to have a, a really completely decluttered and, um, comfortable, um, warm in the winter, cool in the summer <laughs> living environment. Oh, wait. Yeah. Go back to challenges. Yeah. We didn't mention that. <laughs> Our yeah. sweet little 1820s farmhouse, y'all. It's also means it's not insulated. <laughs> we did just put insulation in this this fall, so things are better. Things are looking up. <laughs> but there's literally like parts in the floor where you can see down into like the basement because the mud that was used to like in between the floorboards 200 years ago, you know, has like fallen. Anyways, yeah, true. All that to say, there is a story behind all the like charming old things that you see yes. on Instagram. Oh my goodness, yes. Um, Sorry, I interrupted you. Oh, well, I do have this sort of dream vision of having a little cabin in the woods somewhere (laughs) where I can go for a complete nature immersion. Further and further into the the ground. Whenever I feel the need. Not, you know, not to like be there all the time, but (laughs) a a retreat from my retreat. Does that make any sense? Yeah. Yeah, I just keep (laughs) moving further and further into the, the, um, you're going to be like um, Grandmother Willow in Pocahontas. Do you remember yeah, her? Yeah, something like that. You're going to become a tree. <laughs> Maybe so. And, and I'll come <laughs> to you for 
for advice. <laughs> okay. Anyways. <laughs> I kind of like that. <laughs> um, okay. So that's it for the audience questions for now. Um, well, there basically that was like a conglomeration of yeah. We kind of merged them. some of them. Yeah, but thank you so much. That that really helped us out. Um, we do. We did think of another question that isn't wasn't exactly sent in to us, but we we we're kind of thinking that some people might be wondering what slow living has to do with good dirt. So I don't know, Mom. Do you have anything to say about that? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Okay. It's a good question, um, and I actually have a couple of answers for it. Um, number one is quite literally that the things we've been doing over the last several decades to speed life up, that is um, in, our, in fast fashion, fast food, um, our items of convenience, the products that we use to spend less time, making them or whatever these things have actually been damaging to the soil and for instance in in fast fashion of course uh they grow the the plants the cotton using terrible chemicals um they um poison the water that goes back into the rain and is bad on the soil and the dyes that are used go into the rivers that wash the land and ruin the soil. So there's so many examples of how our fast-paced living, our need to do things um, quicker and more conveniently, um, are actually damaging to the soil. And I guess the second part of that would be that... Um, the good dirt has more to do with the metaphor of slow living. Um, getting back to a lifestyle that is literally like more grounding gets us back in touch with the source of every need we have every single day. Um, every need we have as human beings on the planet. And as we said earlier, the soil is fundamental to all of life on the planet. And if we're not taking care of that, um, then there's trouble, which is what we're now seeing which is a lot of the reason why we're here to really kind of dig in to the things that we are talking about and thinking about and reminding ourselves to think about and talk about and why we're all here you just have to slow down like if you're concerned about how fast something's gonna take or what the next thing is then there's like not room in your brain to also think about this stuff and yeah, I guess that's not what I would say. So how do you bring that back around to dirt, Emma? Slow, the slowing down to dirt. Well, it's kind of like what I just said. Like, you wouldn't think about dirt if you were moving really fast. And, you know, like, it's kind of like, like, stop and smell the roses. Like, yeah, like, look down for a minute and look at your feet and look at how you're connected to the earth. Um, and if you're just staring straight ahead and running straight ahead, you're like disconnected from that. Yes. And we're here to tell everybody how important it is to look at and consider that dirt. Yeah. So we actually should probably wrap this up. Um, but we really can't wait for you to get to the awesome interviews that, um, are waiting for you in your podcast feed. 
Um, our first episode we have is with Amy Dufault. Um, as we mentioned, Amy's going to talk all about her work with Fibershed and the Southeastern New England affiliate. She is a good old lady farmer friend. She's not old. <laughs> She's an old friend. Um, She's been a friend for a while. Yes. <laughs> She's awesome. We love her. Actually, we love all these people. Um, and we the do. second episode, Mom, is Rachel Armistead. She is a lady farmer who runs Sweet Farm. It's really delicious sauerkraut if you're local. And she just like drops some knowledge about some yeah. ferments and sauerkraut and food and the food industry. And she's just such a great um, speaker. We really love talking to her. And then the, the third episode we have is with Joy Hoffman. Um, she actually has been a really important player in my life. Uh, I was an apprentice for her the year before we started Lady Farmer, and I learned so much from her about art direction, starting an online business, all, all of these kinds of things that, you know, at the time I didn't know it was leading to Lady Farmer, but it totally was. And um, she's an amazing interior designer, event designer. She, she just, like, she knows all about spaces and how humans relate to our built environments. So that's an awesome episode. And yeah, so much more than that coming down the pike too. Make sure you're subscribed to The Good Dirt so you automatically get those updates, whether that's on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. We're on Stitcher, we're on iHeartRadio, um, and several others. Just, you know, look at our website. Um, and if you are so inclined, please do leave a review because that really helps other people find us and helps other people decide to press that play button. So we hope you're enjoying it and we hope that you feel inclined to leave a review. And if you're not already, uh, make sure you join in the conversation on Facebook and Instagram. Or you can always reach us directly at the Good Dirt Podcast at Gmail. So, thank you so much for tuning in, you guys. We're really excited to have you here, and we can't wait to serve you up some more good dirt. (laughs) Yeah.